welcome to PPRO Payments Radio. I'm your host, Megan Johnson. And today I am joined um, with Derek Bierman from PPRO, Business Development Manager. And today we are going to talk all things Money 2020 Las Vegas. Um, hey, Derek, thank you so much for joining us today. Welcome to PPRO Payments Radio. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate the invite to be on. Cool. So let's let's jump into it, Derek. So Money 2020 uh, Vegas must have been uh, nice for you to get somewhere warm and escape from the yeah upcoming winter of uh, Minnesota. And tell me, Derek, was this your first Money 2020 or have you been to some of the other events in the past? Uh, yeah, I've been to Money 2020 once before with a previous employer, but that was in 2018. Uh, so it has been a while, uh, and it was just so nice to get back uh, just to be at an event in person. Yeah, I can imagine. I think for probably quite a few people attending Money 2020, it was the first uh, you know, physical event and what an event to kind of go back to. So what what was the vibe like? How, how was it? Was it the same as previous Money 2020s or were things a bit different? Yeah, yeah, I, I think there's obviously some COVID precautions. Um, you know, we we were required to wear masks um, pretty much throughout the whole event, and uh, people honestly looked pretty pretty much past that once we got used to it. Um, mm-hmm. And meaning, you know, we we just got on and carried on with our our events. Uh, it didn't really affect the the meat and potatoes of the event, I would say, or or any conversations. Uh, people were just being careful, but it was, um, you know, still a great turnout considering uh, yeah, this is, it's kind of a weird time to have a big event. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, it, w- it was actually really, really, really positive. Nice. Awesome. Okay. And I guess, um, so, I mean, from what I understand, there was a kind of a big PPRO delegation there. So what was PPRO up to during the, the few days in Vegas? Yeah, we had um, kind of a variety of folks here, mostly the the U.S. team members. Um, to be honest, I don't think that there were many other countries outside of the U.S. that were able to travel in um, unless you had a dual citizenship somewhere else. Um, so we had people from our business development team. We had an executive member there. Um, we also had some marketing folks there and, and people from the uh, the South American side of our business. So we had a, it was a good melting pot, I'd say, of people and uh, everybody was there for a strategic reason. Uh, they had goals at the event, but overarching, I think it was just great for for me personally to meet everybody face to face. I've been with PPRO for just over a year now, and uh, it was actually the first time I've gotten to meet most of my colleagues in person. Oh, wow, that's crazy. That I'm I'm sure that was the the case for a lot of people as well. Wow, cool. So I guess, would you say, I mean, was there more of a focus or solely a focus on what was happening in in North America or the Americas then? Or was it kind of, you know, global in terms of themes and um, key speakers and everything? Yeah, yeah. I think uh, just considering the the travel policy for so many countries and um, mostly having a U.S. based presence there, uh, it was certainly uh, the the core of the event is is what's going on in North America. And now, not to not to discount the fact that there were many companies there that have international capabilities, I think it was actually a great opportunity for for a company like PPRO, which can do so much for a U.S. based business outside of our borders. Uh, to be there and, and to talk to these strong U.S. players as the world continues to open up, as global e-commerce continues to grow. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it was it was very beneficial. We were there. We had a lot to offer. 
and had some great conversations out of it. Okay, cool. And I guess thinking about, um, you know, some of the, the, the um, presentations and talks and themes and what was being discussed amongst, um, you know, the, the side meetings and everything, what were some of the key themes that were coming out in terms of payments and local payment methods? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think what I've noticed first and foremost is that there are some new to me companies, maybe companies I haven't heard of before that are starting to grow in, here in the U.S. that are using local payment methods as branding. Uh, there's a lot of stands that had local or alternative payment methods mm-hmm. listed on, on their big signage. So it brought consumers in or potential you know, partners in. Uh, so I, I did notice that as a takeaway. So it was, you know, it's interesting to see, you know, maybe um, you know, PPRO, we've been around for, for so long and have such a great footing in the market. We need to keep innovating. We need to be aware that um, more people are, are, are conscious of, of the power of local payment methods, the opportunities it can bring. Uh, so we just need to continue to innovate. Um, in addition to that, uh, other themes that I noticed, you, I, you can't go to a, a payments event these days without running into uh, or seeing some presentation on blockchain technology or cryptocurrencies. Um, I, I don't claim to be an expert on either of those two subjects, but uh, you know, I think that that concept is here to stay, and we're seeing it. At least I'm seeing it more and more. Uh, and with all of this you know, new um, and dynamic industry changes, I, I think we also see a lot of fraud prevention and fraud screening companies and, and products that are out there. So I did see a, a handful of those type of booths as well. Yeah, I mean, I know that with uh, with COVID, there's been, you know, this whole push to being more digital and going online. And of course, the growth in, in e-commerce, the, I mean, that that's all quite positive, but also you have, you know, increase uh, in fraud during COVID, fraudsters getting a lot more kind of intelligent in, you know, over the past 18 months. So I think that's definitely a, yeah, a, a very important um, aspect to consider. And I think, yeah, of course, also, there's been so much happening with uh, cryptocurrencies and central bank uh, digital currencies over the past, yeah, 12 months. We had a few um, podcasts this summer looking at, um, you know, how different central bank digital currencies can can play out. I just saw today that Commonwealth Bank of Australia is going to start um allowing their customers to buy and sell cryptocurrencies in the app. So yeah, interesting to hear that it's uh, also taking off in, in the U.S. Yeah, yeah, I think it's one of those things that um, uh, it needs to be uh, in the minds of, of our payments leaders in this industry that, uh, again, I think it's here to stay. I think um, it's it's still probably unfamiliar to a lot of people, um, but it, it, this is such a dynamic industry. It's one of these trends we have to stay on top of. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, I know in the States, it's quite interesting. I think uh, athletes are starting to accept salary payments in, in cryptocurrency. Some of the exchanges are starting to sponsor sports uh, leagues and teams in the U.S. So it looks like they're yeah starting to go after the the people with uh, in celebrity influence. So that's um, that's quite interesting as well. Um, and what about, um, was there a lot of talk about the impact of, of COVID on, on e-commerce and, and payments? I imagine that was kind of a, a big topic uh, throughout the event. 
Yeah, I, you know, honestly, I think going through this type of a, a situation globally with the pandemic, um, it was almost an accelerator or, or a real, you know, a real pushing point for for the need of e-commerce globally. Uh, people still need to to be able to buy and, and sell goods uh, to keep business flowing, and and I think that unfortunately through all the turmoil and, and the negative aspects we've all experienced over the last year. It just emphasized how important it is having an e-commerce strategy and payments, especially local payment methods. They, it fits right into that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, what were were there any um, kind of local payment method uh, companies there that kind of um, piqued your interest? Or yeah, I, I did see a handful of the payment method schemes there, the actual payment methods themselves. Uh, so it's always good to see. Uh, companies like that having their own unique individual presence there, uh, explaining what they do and, and how their payment method flow is, how it's unique. Well, yeah, as I mentioned a little earlier, I am seeing more and more payment companies that that are really broadcasting or advertising themselves as a, a local payment method provider. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I think from my my short, you know, I've been in the industry for a little over five years now, and in that time. Uh, I've learned so much. It's hard to stay on top of how many new payment methods are are coming out each year. Uh, it's just a continual flow, and and to be on top of that strategy of of what's the what's coming out next, what's here to stay. Um, yeah, I, I think that PPRO has done a very good job of of staying on top of those those things. But we need to be aware too that this is such a dynamic industry, and we we need to continue to stay on top of it um, because our competitors are as well. Yeah, definitely. And I guess thinking about what are some of the the big trends with um, LPMs in in the U.S. in particular? Uh, from my personal experience, I'm starting to see a lot more of the the buy now pay later methods or e wallets. Um, mostly for me, and since I'm based out of the Minneapolis, Minnesota area, we have the the Mall of America here yeah. in in Minnesota, kind of our, our claim to fame. One of them uh, up here in the north. But when you walk around. The Mall of America. There's hundreds of retail brick and mortar stores, and yeah. you know, I know I PPRO sits more on the e-commerce side of the payment space, uh, not entirely. But when you walk around these brick and mortar shops, you'll see advertisements hanging in the windows uh, of payment methods that they're starting to accept now. I thought that was, it's such a cool concept that uh, in order for a, a retail chain to attract new customers, they're advertising payment methods. And it's these new trends, these new uh, new methods that are starting. We're starting to see here in the U.S. that that they're advertising. Um, you know, I think that the U.S. is is quite heavily a card centric society, but we're certainly starting to evolve from that and maybe catch up to other areas like Europe or APAC or even Latin America. Yeah. Wow, that that's really interesting to know that you're walking into a mall and you're kind of. Yeah, the year be the advertisement is around payment methods. Um, that's yeah, really fascinating. Um, and what about kind of um, what's happening? Anything you kind of came across at Money Twenty Twenty in terms of what's happening in Central or or South America? Um, yeah, we did a episode a few months back looking at the different LPMs in, in Mexico and Brazil and that whole area looks like there's so much happening and, and so much potential. What are your thoughts on what's happening in, in those markets? Yeah, well, every country in South America, from my experience, is unique in its own way, uh, whether it's a certain type of payment method or uh, a preference from a segment or a demographic. 
Um, I think that ha I did see a few payments companies there focusing on the LATAM region, and it's so great to, to see them in the United States uh, educating our, our general population on what is different down there. As a U.S. company wants to sell globally um, and specifically into Latin America, they need to be aware of the, the payment preferences that are down there because, as mentioned, we're, we're in the United States, uh, a very card-centric society, but that's just not the case in so many LATAM countries. A couple, couple of them come to mind, like Brazil and Mexico being very, very strong e-commerce markets, but uh, the, the preferred way to pay through an e-commerce channel is certainly not always a credit card. So I, I think that it, pay attention uh, if, if you're a company that really wants to, to optimize the region because uh, for the, the reasons as mentioned, as uh, preferences can change across borders, there's also unique regulatory requirements, uh, taxation implications. It's, uh, it's very important to either know and do your due diligence on the region or, or work with a partner like PPRO that has boots on the ground that's developed an infrastructure of knowledge, product, and people down there that can help guide you and, and optimize your sales in the region. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's so many different, you know, different nuances that one needs to consider when, you know, looking to operate and yeah, outside of their home market, cross-border payments and everything. And I think, you know, the way things are going, it's a bigger push towards, um, yeah, more e-commerce, more kind of being able to, as a merchant, being able to offer your goods and services in, in more markets. And, you know, I think this, and you, then you combine it with how many different local payment methods you have to keep on top of changing regulations. There's just so much to consider. It really is. Um, yeah, I would say that each, each, each market has its own uh, little unique nuances. Uh, yeah, some have a very, very sophisticated financial system, I would say that, you know, they're, they're all, uh, you know, they can be challenging to navigate, um, especially for U.S. businesses as there's different language barriers, um, you know, the different, different, as I mentioned, preferences across demographics. And you really just need to understand the preferences that, that are around the region and who better to do that with than somebody that lives there. And, and I always say that, especially in areas like Latin America, well, some of PPRO's strongest assets are our people. And, and it's more so understanding what is, uh, what is a, a, a payment experience like in a country such as Brazil. We have the, the resources that can teach us uh, and explain to us and our partners how exactly to navigate that market. Yeah, definitely. And I guess thinking about the future, I mean, from, from your perspective, what are the kind of the big trends to watch out for? Oh, that's a super, super interesting question. And I'm sure, you know, you ask five payments professionals, you'd probably get five different answers. Yeah, I would say it's a, from my experience and my, my perspective uh, in the U.S., let's, let's take my, you know, my backyard as an example. I, I would say the, the, the next five years, we should really aim to have a blended strategy. Mm -hmm. Now, um, in the U.S., I, I don't think that credit cards are going to, let's say, you know, be replaced entirely. By, by, by local payment methods or, or anything in, in that regard. But we need to appreciate and respect that these payment methods and preferences are here to stay, mm -hmm. uh, especially in the younger generations. Uh, as you go global, uh, it's, it's important to remember that this is such a dynamic industry with so many changes happening in terms of what exists today as a payment method, mm -hmm. what the preferences are across demographics, 
So it, it does require constant attention to know your markets that you're selling into. And, and I'd say just in, in terms of looking into the future, it's important to, to be you know, having a, a blended approach and, and certainly including as many people that are, are present in the market to, to use as educational resources. Yeah, definitely. I think that's uh, that's certainly a very important uh, thing to consider. And I mean, I guess uh, this. What do you think would, uh, if anything, what what would trigger the U.S. I think from moving away from from cards? Do you think? Um, I would have to say it's it, it would be one thing time, and by time I mean we're seeing so many of the the younger Gen Z or millennial generations using these alternative or local payment methods uh, more and more. And and I would say if that habit or if that preference continues over the course of time, these are the generations that in, in 10, 20 years will be uh, probably you know the 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 leaders of the of the market. And if their preference at that point in time is to use these types of methods, I could see a change happening in that way. Um, but I think that our society here in the U.S. is so reliant and so defined by using credit cards, for example, to build credit so you can you know, pay for or you can um, take out a mortgage on a home or an auto loan. Um, you know, I think there's ways to do that with local payments as well. But in, in this particular market, um, I think it's just a matter of time. And as long as these trends continue now and uh, are adopted more widely, that that could trigger you know, a societal change. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's just, uh, yeah, the, the reason I ask is I remember, you know, maybe eight, 10 years ago looking into uh, EMV and contactless payments and everything. And I remember kind of, you know, everyone was saying, oh, in the U.S., people will never move away from, uh, you know, signature. There won't be a mass EMV rollout. And it's, it's just, yeah, crazy how how things change so quickly. And I think especially in the the payment space, payment acceptance space, what we've seen with buy now, pay later, and how this has, you know, really reshaped the way people are, are shopping um, and also how they're thinking about products such as credit cards and, you know, traditional um, kind of lending products and, and ways to pay. So I think, yeah, we've seen so much acceleration in terms of innovation and, and new ways to, to do things. So this is, yeah, again, why I think PPRO is such an important partner um, to have, because as we mentioned, you know, there's so many things to, to consider when it comes to e-commerce and, yeah, um, setting up shop in, in different markets and ensuring that you're able to offer as many ways to pay as possible um, to increase conversion. So... Yeah, absolutely. And I think that every market can be unique. Um, you know, one of the challenges we really aim to to to, to solve for our partners um, is on the topic of there being so many payment methods that exist today in so many markets. And uh, there's always the option to build direct connections, and, and it can be super beneficial um, you know, in the right circumstance. However, if you're a company that wants to open up the European area or, or the Latin American region, uh, as well as APAC, uh, there's so many payment methods that are important and very unique to demographics and, and countries or even just local markets um, to, to, to build connections to all of them. It will take time. It will take heavy investment, uh, constant monitoring. And that is uh, those are pain points that I think PPRO does a very good job at solving. And, and we act as a partner 
We want to hear from our payments companies where they're looking to go um, so we can also continue to grow in those regions and stay on top of these trends. So um, I, I think what we're doing uh, offers a real, real solution in this uh, very dynamic and ever-changing payment space. And yeah, I'm excited to see what the next couple of years brings. Cool. Yeah. S same here, Derek. So yeah, thank you. Um, thanks so much for sharing your insights. Great to hear. Um, yeah, kind of what was happening at Money 2020. Interesting to see, yeah, how there was a greater focus on, you know, LPMs and payment methods and really interesting to hear about, yeah, the, the focus on payment methods in, in the U.S., how this is kind of transpiring into the brick and mortar space and, of course, great to hear about you know what Pro's up to and yeah how they how they can yeah help as a as a trusted partner with uh, so many different types of um, companies in in the payment space and um, yeah really there to uncover and and support in this kind of complex world of local payment methods and, and e commerce. Yeah, well, I appreciate you having me today. It's always fun talking about this because um, I don't think anybody is 100% an expert on anything in this industry, but there are a lot of very smart people that, that stay on top of niches and have a great understanding of, of what is important. I think PPRO, um, we fit in that space of understanding the, the local payment methods and, and the, the nuances to individual markets and countries. And we're seeing more and more of, of why that is important for payments companies to, to understand. Absolutely. Cool. Well, thanks so much, Derek, for uh, taking the time to speak to us. And uh, thank you to our listeners. Um, this is PPRO Payments Radio. And stay tuned um, for our next episode. Mm -hmm.